0: This is philosophy versus improv where two sages try to teach each other a thing or two and maybe you the audience get
1: something out of it as well. My name is Bill Arnett, an improv field marshal, yet only a cadet in the world of philosophy.
0: This is Mark Linsermeyer. As far as philosophy military rank, I tend to think that philosophy transcends the physical in general let alone the marshal. Wow. But yet, I would not want to pick a fight with an improviser. <laughs>
1: Fair enough. Who knows what improbable thing they have just sitting in their pocket? What manner of weapon they could just create out of thin air? Yeah, the
0: power of imagination is pretty... I mean, let's think about the power of intellect versus the power of imagination. But depending on what kind of philosopher you are, the power of intellect might be along very, very narrow lines. Sure.
1: I have no idea what you brought in as a topic today, but I got to say this. There is a school within the improv community, maybe not a school, but there is a segment of the population. There's a little bit of child deification. You know, this idea that as a child, we have no judgment. We play freely and we don't judge ourselves. We don't judge others. We have unstoppable imaginations. And wow, isn't that great? Shouldn't we all be trying to regain some of that? I'm not necessarily in that camp, but I wonder in philosophy, is there any child deification this notion of that like somehow children are special humans because of their unspoiledness I'm
0: i'm sure there are several strands of that i was trying to think specifically whether of course ethically and politically you could say that they have not been spoiled by society yet or something like that and a lot is properly made of the skills the intelligence how much smarter children are really than
1: us adults and the education system just turns all that off. It turns it all off. <laughs> the wonder, everything. My, my opinion about that was probably made clear by my attitude in my, and <laughs> how, how I said it.
0: I've heard the analogy of a child is, it's like they're juggling plates and the educational system could tenderly add one more plate or it could just say, get all that out of there. And, uh, you know, give them a giant tray of something. advertising.
1: Yeah. yeah. As I have, I have two children in elementary and, and middle school age. And I got to say, talking to parents for every hundred parents you talk to about what's wrong with schools. You get 101 opinions.
0: Well, okay. So,
1: <laughs> so at least one of the
0: sets of parents has more than one opinion.
1: So yes. That, once you've opened that, 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 then it could be
0: that 25% have four opinion okay i'm i'm living. And and
1: they're, and they're all contrary and no and not mutually inclusive. Yeah.
0: You couldn't even put them in the same pile. So some of them have apples and some of them have oranges and you just can't even compare them. You can't, you can't even say them. say how they are different. Yeah. When i'm called upon to give an opinion of something i generally mm-hmm. just say apple and that seems like first ambiguous so they can sort of d- derive, oh, so you agree with me. And second, then I can later use that analogy that you can't use compare that orange, my yeah. opinion to, you know, it really only works if somebody else says orange. <laughs> yeah. People love that, I'm sure, when you pull that out. It's not like the orange you glad I said banana thing. Like, that is a next level. That's like <laughs> the,
1: the really skilled yes. bullshitters. Yes, I'm sure. The ancients had. were very happy, were very glad they did not say banana.
0: There are some platonic dialogues that read a little like that that famous knock-knock uh, <laughs> joke of the, the where it's just like, this is crazy what you're saying, for pages and pages and pages. And then finally he says banana, and you're so yeah. relieved. Did you have
1: a topic? Or did you want to talk about child defecation? Or I actually had a, somewhat of a philosophy question. You ask your question. Okay. It's about pop philosophy and this idea that sometimes philosophy and philosophers get into the public realm it happens occasionally they escape escape to or escape from uh <laughs> i mean
0: I, I guess escape from their ivory towers where they're supposed to be. okay fair enough locked fair enough. up
1: so they can't do harm to the polis. well now i have for- forgotten the name of the guy but a friend of mine says oh you should you should read about this guy's book and i'm going to see if i can find it on the is it jordan peterson? it's not jordan peterson. i know enough to know not but but i think this person is in the jordan peterson sphere and it's not sam harris cuz you sam harris it is sam harris. it is sam harris. okay. and i would love to know as a philosopher because most people approach are going to be approaching the pop philosopher not from a philosopher's standpoint but from a layman's yeah, standpoint. Sam Harris sure puts the lame in layman. <laughs> I set you, you up for that. You can quote me on that. That was a batting practice meatball that you can just put right onto Sheffield Avenue. That was an easy one. I imagine that there's some tricks that pop. I mean, do, do they, re, they They know they're talking to layman, right? I have been
0: burned by saying okay. slightly mean things about Sam Harris. <laughs> I'll just say, you know, when you're evaluating The work of a philosopher, it sort of depends who you're comparing them to. And I think the first time we considered him on the Partial Exam Life many, many years ago, we sort of did a New Atheism episode, and we'd been doing the greats of history. And so I think we properly pointed out that a contemporary figure like this, who is not a full-time academic, sure is not really steeped in the literature, is not going to be, it's a startling departure. He's a, a persuasive writer obviously a very smart person, but you feel like you're reading a real lightweight compared to Plato and Hegel and stuff like that. But but who's, come on, that's not a fair comparison. When I compare somebody who's out doing something, trying to make a difference and encourage smart thinking in the public space, I mean, he's doing a better job than I am. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, Effectively connecting with many, many, many people And I did listen to his podcast for a while and I was, I found him a fascinating mind for a while. I don't, I haven't checked it out in a long time, but you know, it's not that often that you get to see, I don't know, maybe with the rise of podcasters, it could be very often, but that you get to see (laughs) a sharp mind interacting with these other sharp minds. Again, it's maybe not exactly the guests I would want to have
1: on my show, but some of the guests. What are we doing here, Mark? Are we not sharp minds? I mean, we're sharp really. enough? <laughs> not, 85th percentile. I mean, come
0: on now. Mostly he's he's concerned with things in the scientific world. And, you know, he might have an episode on uh, you know some big wig on nutrition or, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of political figures, political commentators. I don't think he's actually trying to be a philosopher. I think that he has a well-loved, among his fans, book about ethics. But most of what he does is like saving people from theism, right? Saving people who have been brought up basically in a cult of religion. And then they, they say, oh, I read the Sam Harris book or some of these other similar books. And they now feel like they can question and and they free that like, who's going to argue against that?
1: That's just a nice thing. Is it possible to deprogram without reprogramming?
0: Yes. Wow. There we go. Yes. Because programming (laughs) involves an immersive element. Okay. And even though you might say, oh, there's a cult of Jordan Peterson or a cult of Sam Paris, he does not literally extract at least very much money from them. They might buy his books and stuff, but they don't live on the compound with him and have sex with him and things like that. Okay. So who does? I mean, Nixium? I mean,
1: you don't know, live, live on actual the compound. Actual cults? <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, the way you said that they don't live on his compound implies he has a compound. I don't know if he has a compound. He might.
0: I I don't think so. I think that he has a normal family life and is, seems Fair to enough. be an upstanding person. But if he has been canceled between when we record this or, or I just didn't hear <laughs> about it, then I completely denounce him. Because I, I go with the crowd, definitely. Whatever the crowd Fair says enough. about a person. Well, I should ask Dun- you then okay. a comparable question about okay. popular... Improvisers. Do you feel like those pop improvisers have debased the form by showing their pop improvising on the
1: screen? And you're like, that's not real improv. Kind of yes and no. I mean, it's good that improv is brought to the masses. You know, I, sometimes I feel like there can be I mean a lot of my friends are either in the art or cinema world or whatnot, and it's so easy to just make, oh, mass market consume, mass consumers, you know, and just like, uh, you know. Young Sheldon, are you kidding? I thought I, don't, I didn't think anything could be worse than Big Bang Theory. But I think if you realize that, or at least I have come to, to believe, that there will always be 15% of people who are not into pop mass culture because they're, quote unquote, beyond it, and then 15% of people who just don't get it. So you're still going to have 70% of people who love it and consume it in mass quantities. It's always going to be those percentages. So I could snap my fingers and make everybody read at a third, three grade level higher and everybody more appreciative of the finer things in life. There's still going to be 70 percent of people who are in the middle who make mass consumption, mass media what it is. And there's just there's no escape from that. Does that make sense? All right, so you're talking about, of course, comedy more
0: generally as opposed to... Well, yeah, it's not like Young Sheldon. I don't know. They have actually some quite good <laughs> oh comedians boy. on the show as supporting players. I wouldn't be surprised if there's some some riffing, if there's some improv that goes us. into...
1: Yes. I think there are certainly, whose line is it anyway, people and whatnot. And I don't want to say that that's necessarily wrong or broken. I would love for people who see it to know that there is more and there are different things and you can do a lot more with with improv than just whose line is it anyway but if that's what you want boy you're gonna get it you're gonna get scoops of it so i'm content being somewhat of a snobby elitist in the same way with you and philosophy it's like look i can't dog the guy because he's popular i don't think he's doing damage he may not be expanding the minds as as much as you might like sam harris but he's not working against society or people's betterment is he do you well, think sam harris i don't think so jordan peterson I,
0: you know even though that he has academic credentials and he has a book that some people like but then what he's done since then and that might be the same sort of thing that joe rogan being an example of someone who will talk to some very highbrow people Mm-hmm. That's not a good term to use. I, I'm supposed to never use that term. Do you know the <laughs> origin of that term? Did we talk about that? No. It's like a. a it's a super racist term, is what it comes down to. But it, okay, maybe it's racist toward Neanderthals because I don't actually know where the brows of the various surviving races. Uh, well,
1: that, I, we, we both have healthy brows.
0: <laughs> I would say is it, in is terms it, of I, square square footage. Let's talk about high high hairline culture. <laughs> that I, I yeah. think that. <laughs> I don't remember what I started a sentence and I interrupted myself. Uh, Jordan Peterson. Right. So anything that gets people to think is a great gateway drug. Sure. And I would think anything that gets people like the concept of improving is such a, a remote concept, I think, for most people is like how they live their lives, such that I have not still been able to like get my kids to do scenes with me just in the car or something. Like <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. It's fun to do. It is. It is fun to do. And even though maybe I didn't catch them young enough that if they were still sure. at the age of your kids, then they would do what they call the game game, which is like basically Dungeons and Dragons without dice or characters or anything in advance that it just sounds one of them like is, improv. Yes, it is entirely like improv. Mm-hmm. And, and it would be, you know, the then 12 year old prompting the then nine year old or maybe I'm mean, even th- these ages might be even be too high. Of like, yes, you're in a room and there's a well and there's a book down the well. And what do you do? You know, so that sounds like improv. And if, if somebody is sort of running it, then even the youngest
1: person could participate, even a four year old. No, I agree. Even a child with their amazing imagination and lack of judgment. Wow.
0: Even a child. Even a child. So what is trend. it about? Is it a school? What is it about? social pressure that then says don't do that improv's not cool i take
1: it back i'm not going to say even a child i'm going to say especially a child Mm, especially mm, a child mm. especially wise the people who say those kinds of things i'm convinced have never been around young children they can be horribly mean and nasty and cruel to each other and not realize it and sometimes their imagination is for their own benefit and when i've like seen kids like Playing samurai or cowboys and Indians or something. And it's like no, you shot. Me. No, I shot you. No, you shot me. It's just like that's really bad improv. That's horrible improv. <laughs> you <know>, it's like <laughs> who, who's saying kids are so? well Why are we? It's like who they, is this this child who's <laughs> we keep talking about? They you, they may be very imaginative on their own, but you get them together and they're horrific They can be terrible with each other.
0: Yeah, they're not sensitive players. They don't yes and. They're like no, that's not the way Thank the you. rules go thank you so what are you as parent then were you swooping in like no no no? you have to establish the imaginative
1: play area it's not me if i've given this this anecdote before but we were doing talking about i was in class this was years ago decades ago talking about group scenes i said hey let's just do like a 20 person or 20, 18 person just a full get the full class up on stage and do one giant group scene and half the group were essentially adults at a beach party just having fun at the beach. And then some kids came up to him and challenged them to a game of volleyball. It's like, yeah, all of our parents gave us 20 bucks for ice cream. We'll challenge you to some volleyball. And of course, the adults are like, "Uh, yeah, (laughs) are you kidding? This would be awesome. Let me just finish pounding this beer. And then we'll squash these kids and take their money and party. And then the kids huddle up and they're like, okay, yeah, these guys are pretty drunk and the sun's pretty hot. So let's maybe keep our sets a little bit higher than we normally would and kind of do a double zone defense and just like talking all this. Mm. Volleyball jargon. Clearly, these kids have no no more. So it's like okay,
0: inebriated so it's a adults. It's a, a <laughs> versus. Whole thing.
1: Yes. Well, they start playing. They start playing volleyball, and one person kind of like makes a ball with their hands, and then they they run across, pantomiming the ball going back and forth over the net, and they're kind of playing it like slow motion, like half speed, going back and forth. But the players, and again, it, it I kind of have to ding a lot of the traditional improv wisdom about like make a choice, stick to your choice, have an objective and try to achieve your objective. And it's all these things that work better in a theater context where we know what the outcome will be. But in an improv context, where we don't know what the outcome will be, suddenly you have people who feel like, if I don't win this game, then I'm improvising poorly. And people start making the most ridiculous digs and spikes. And <laughs> it's like, this isn't interesting to watch, you know? And I stopped them like, Someone has to win and someone has to lose. And it doesn't mean you're a bad improviser for losing. It doesn't mean you didn't do the scene well. It's like, this is how the game of volleyball <laughs> works. You know, take a step back and look at the big reality. What's funny to have happen? We're like, oh, yeah, that's right. We, we are building something together. It isn't just I'm improvising in my own little box and I have to obey all the rules and, and improvise correctly, yet be numb to what's outside me. It's like, no, we're building this thing together. And after I said that, there were still a few improbable plays, but eventually the adults figured out it would be funny if we lost and then got angry and double or nothing. You know, of course, playing right into the kid's little con. Does that make sense? Uh, Sure. That was a much more elaborate example than I expected. (laughs) Well, I I warned you earlier, but it's this whole idea. I think that happens a lot. You You get confused about what it is we're trying to achieve and where victory lies and where it doesn't. So many people get in arguments, and it's like, what do you win if you win this argument? I think you win a really long
0: (laughs) scene that we could could engage in to take just as much
1: time as we have just spent on conversation. When facing a family law matter, it can feel like an overwhelming and never-ending court process. It's vital to know that things will look better on the other side if you hire legal counsel with the skill and compassion to help. It's Stengy Law Firm, we represent clients in difficult family law matters every day. Visit FamilyLawRepresentation.com to schedule your consultation. That's FamilyLawRepresentation.com. Stengy Law Firm, here to help you rebuild your life. Stengy Law Firm has an office in Wichita. Kirk Stengy, 120 South Central Avenue, Suite 450 Clayton, Missouri. Well, I'm, okay. Yeah, we can start a scene. Would you like to start a scene right now? If it's convenient, if it works with I your lesson. Like it. And, and there's even a lesson in here. There's even a lesson in here. I'm ready. Great. All right. Look, uh, I just got word from uh, HR. Uh, they're going to buy us lunch on Friday. Boom. Lunch on the company. That's great. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. What do you think they're going to do? They better not do just like Giordano's or something boring like that. I hope they get something decent, you know? Yeah, like something with real, real fire to it. You got to like have some
0: spice. When you get that in the office, you get some spice.
1: We could, I guess. I don't know. I just don't want pizzas. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, don't, I just don't want. Yeah, like the Thai pizza, the Thai place. That's you get some real spice. You get the spicy noodles. Oh but yeah, man. they could. But I'm just. Do they have catering service? You know, do the can they do that? I don't know. It's a good Thai place. I've been there before. I assume. Just gotta. You gotta just call and
0: ask. And and you gotta lead though. Sometimes, like if you sound American. Either they don't want to serve you, which is I think very xenophobic. I don't know. I don't know. But they don't give you the real spice. You got. They got to think that you have some
1: sort of Thai roots. Eff- so, okay, you want me to put on a, a fakey Thai Asian voice? I
0: don't think so. I think that a lot of people with Asian backgrounds who were born in the states have, in fact, maybe are talk in an, a very articulated way. So. I think you could pass. That's a much less offensive way to do an imitation because otherwise they're going to be like, "Hey, you're not even doing a Thai accent. You're doing a a
1: generic okay, xenophobic I don't wanna, Asian accent." I don't want to pose as something that seems not. I I don't. <laughs> you, you want me? To, hey, uh, we're we're just ordering food for the for the office. What's your name? Uh, yeah, I don't know. What's a common? Thai name I don't, I don't even I can't even tell you what's, what's like the most common surname in, in, in Thailand I mean is it not Nguyen like Ngu- I don't know Nguyen or I don't know Danang. That? that's the am only I, I, one I know oh, I'm,
0: I'm totally getting I haven't that's actually Vietnam. done this yeah I'm not actually so good at this this is just well I'm not I gonna heard. do it even
1: if you could tell me what the most common <laughs> Thai Thai f- first and family name are we got to get my
0: friend we got to get Bruce in accounting to do this order because he,
1: this is, he is so what, good. What you're asking is horrible at the
0: accents because he just <sighs> he studied. You know, he was like a theater major, and then he has been to Thailand. He spent like a whole semester there, and so he can totally right, not fine, only fine, fine,
1: fine, he, fine. We'll do it. We'll he do knows it. the secret words to say? This is obscene. This is absolutely. We me just say this right now. This is gross. Okay, <laughs> if we're going to be like trying to like. Call this Thai restaurant and pretend like we're, that we're some connection.
0: I mean, you gotta, you gotta sacrifice to get the real spice.
1: Okay. I don't like when you say it like that. I understand what you're saying. I understand what you're saying. And I appreciate that many cultural recipes make concessions to the dominant palate of the nation that they are in. I, I get and appreciate that. You got to feel the spice for days. You got to feel like a okay,
0: sandworm. Look fine.
1: Let's, let's just, let's you gotta just. You got to have
0: it like just caked in your colon. So you just okay. feel like, like mm-hmm. you're having that meal again and again for the next five days.
1: Okay. You know what? I'll call, I'll call Bruce. I'll call Bruce right now. Okay.
0: All right. See if Bruce is, uh, is, is even in today. Cause I think he might.
1: Hey, Bruce, how's it going? Yeah. 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 He might be home with the spices. Robert. Yeah. Down. Yeah. Huh? Down in receiving. Yeah. Here's the thing. First of all, we heard that HR, yeah, I'm with I'm with Gary here. Uh we heard that HR is going to be buying us lunch on Friday and we're trying to pick and Gary's thinking we should get that Thai place. Yeah, the, the 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 one with the spice. The one, that, yeah, well, the, one the, the, the one with the spice the we'll say. yeah. Spice. Well, he is convinced that if we let them know that we are legit, <laughs> that we are not just a gringo, uh-huh. You gotta- oh, no, 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 no. 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 No, nope, I, yeah, I didn't. I didn't. S-
0: you got to express solidarity with the political situation over there. You got, Steve. You Steve. Look it
1: up. No, I didn't. No, I'm not. It's not a joke. No, it's not a joke. Well, yeah, Gary. Gary, go over there. We don't he's need not, your input. He is offended. Bruce is offended right now. He thinks. We, no, I'm sorry. No, <laughs> gotcha, man. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, but we are. We are. We are. We are getting food on Friday. That wasn't okay. Hello, hello. Wow. Wow, Steve. He was Harley's. He's like, You want me to call there and put on some Chinese accent? To I call? could be misremembering. I, I mean, I find that very offensive. Chinese. It's Thailand. Well, that's why it's not <laughs> China. Well, I, 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 I think that the subtle variations between regional Asian dialects would be hard for the average American to. to, to. Well, that's why I thought I could maybe. I, maybe I had Bruce confused with one of the others. Would you call? Would you call? Did Bruce go to drama school? He said he did. I think he's offended in this for the same reason that I'm offended. All right.
0: I mean, I could, I could just do the call. If you, if you want, if you want to hear that, I mean, if you want to hold your ears because you're so politically sensitive that you think I'm going to be abusing first, I got to like do some quick research on what is going on here. Let me just Google what is going on. What is the weather? What
1: time is it in Thailand? Okay. All right. Here's. Are you calling from Bangkok? I don't think that's. <laughs> I mean, I bet the Thai food there is beats the pants off all the Thai
0: food here. Okay. The thing is, it's really late there right now in Thailand, so I, I don't want think, to
1: do it. You don't want to do it. You are admitting to me it would be offensive. What about the weather? Let's see what the what is the weather? What is the? Are right, you know what? I will call. I will is call it in Thailand. I oh, will it's, call. It's pretty nice there, but it's mostly cloudy. I'm calling. Right now, I'm calling. T- Taste of Siam. As bring, up, bring up,
0: bring up the weather and the that it's so late, and you're sorry it's so late in Thailand.
1: Yeah, hi. I'm calling from Morgan and Stern, just down the uh, in the right on the corner, or down from you. Yeah, is the tall office building. Uh, we want to put in a catering order for Friday. Mm-hmm. Sure. Oh, okay. We can do it online. That's great. Oh, oh, that's perfect. And, we can put and- all those special requests online. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. Um, my friend is saying that apparently, uh, you all have some, uh, how do I, special recipes that uh, more extra extra spice, extra spice, (laughs) you just keep saying extra spice. And I don't know if you have some like, so uh, you feel like a sandworm and you're, you're shitting it
0: for days. Tell them that.
1: This isn't, is this dune? Are you confusing dune with Thailand?
0: I'm just, I'm just, it's a metaphor. It's just I'll how you online. feel. It's how it we'll makes just, you feel. We'll hop
1: online. We'll hop online. And do you, I mean, I just, just, hey, you know, person to person here. I would just, I'm just kind of curious. I, I bet you probably have some customers who want a more authentic. Well, I know all your, all your food is authentic. Yeah, sure. Well, I know. But yeah, I mean, do you, okay. All right. Well, I, no, you're, uh huh. You're getting deep. I'm sorry. You're you're gonna you're, no. I'm sorry. You're I'm sorry. This no, up. You're, you're right. You're right. Pooch. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That this wasn't Pooch is so screwed. I really. I
0: put my foot. In my We're mouth. gonna get I'm the sorry. blandest, uh-huh. blandest food that okay. they have. Well, we'll they're have... gonna make it extra bland. Okay. They're gonna they're gonna search out for some just dirt that's around the office and they're gonna no, put no, it there. No, I just instead of spice. You know, uh, I really put my foot in my mouth there. I'm sorry. That we inappropriate. That's just a sponge. Okay. Yes. So that when you ingest it, so, okay. it sucks all the spice from your body. Well, we'll still, we'll jump online. And, and you're still going to feel it for five days, but not in a good way. All
1: right. Okay. Uh, all right. Yes, I get it. And yes, I, I, I've apologized several times. Now they're going to spit in it. All right. Okay. Clearly. We won't forget, to forget the order. That's fine. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you the name of the company again because you'll. Yeah. No, we're going to okay. get it. All right. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Thank, thank you. Goodbye. Wow, they laid it on thick. They laid it on real thick. I guess I feel like an idiot. Yep, definitely. I feel like an absolute idiot. You should.
0: You didn't play it cool. You were just like, it's like saying, "I hear that you can be bribed. I am here to bribe you. You think that approach would work? You got to be smooth. You got to, you got to. I don't. You got to use I no the, the code words. You got to say." Ah you know back in the 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 mainland it's uh one thirty a m right now <laughs> why would that and t- uh and the weather is partly cloudy
1: and uh but otherwise temperate generally that is horrifying all right that is absolutely horrifying, and the Thai place is not going to give us food anymore anyway so that's i mean they just wanted you to order it online. It's not like we could just order it online well anyway. no they they wrote down the name of the business and they're going to look for it and say. I was on that phone for a long time getting harangued in several languages. We could just
0: order it for the lawyer's office, and then we can just tell the lawyers, send it over here. I mean, you know, as long as it's our credit card, I'm sure they'll be cool with it. We could even just put a
1: sign I'd, I'd, in front of the lawyers, like say, food next door. I think we should not order for them. I think we should maybe get food somewhere else. I was thinking we could do like a brunch spread from Dixie Kitchen. They've got great stuff there. You know, southern kind of things, and southern Nashville hot chicken with the. They've got lots of things with the, with the spice, and I think well, yeah, well we can Nashville do that. Okay, and I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable affecting s- a southern accent. All right, that's the other part of it. Sounds
0: good. <laughs> okay. the end of the theme. scene. We did it at the end. Kiss my grits. Yes, yeah, sorry. I like, you, gotta huh? a yeah. <laughs> you gotta have a punch. you.
1: You gotta have a punchline. Yeah. I used to do references to Alice all the time in class, and they just slowly, it was just a, a perfect line, a slope of negative one of, as the years went on, fewer and fewer people understanding references to Alice. Oh, all, right. all right, all right, all right. You just got to update your references. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. There, you just got to exactly. Alice was a good one, because you have such specific behaviors, such specific characters. And so many people got their start on that show. The all right,
0: all right, all right, guy whose name is, I was escaping me right now. He was on that show originally. A, McConaughey, McCona- really? Yeah, he was a small. I think he played the grits. I think that Alice was like, "Hey, kiss my grits," and then would hold up and an be underage a
1: boy. <laughs> wow, that's daring television. That's why it got seventy nine. That's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> uh, there was a
0: lot of kissing of underage of McConaughey grits. on that show. Wow. Wow. I just I thought it was kind of like Flo. had even I think she left the show at some point, and so to mm. rep- think that Flo could be replaced with Matthew McConaughey as Grits just for the kissing, I thought was you know it's Flo like a, is it's irreplaceable. Like Oliver in
1: the Brady Bunch is just a bad idea. I would replace Alice before I replaced Flo. Let's just be perfectly clear, as the few listeners. With any reference point <laughs> reference for the TV show Alice, I think I am in the majority opinion here that flow is less replaceable than Alice, the titular character.
0: I think flow in a Brady Bunch setting would have been way better.
1: That would have yeah, a little crossover. We'll get Alice. Wait a minute. Was the Brady Bunch Alice? Was that the? Yes. Yes. Okay. So now we have two Alices in on Alice. And flow on the Brady Bunch, yeah. (laughs) I wasn't, I think that would not be a good move because it has to be the comic relief character.
0: But yes, moving Alice from Alice into Alice from the Brady Bunch, that would be just confusing. Yes. It would be more about her relationship with Sam the Butcher and, you know, is she going to, you'd be rooting for her, a will they, won't they thing. It feels like it was not really much rooting about with Alice and Sam,
1: the current Alice. Yeah. In this timeline. (laughs) I would agree. I don't know if that's something, but I feel like in those old TV shows, characters like Alice on Brady Bunch were this like, I am perfectly content with my horrible station in life. Is that a thing? I mean, if she had called, I'm
0: just thinking of the courtship of Eddie's father. And is that, I assume that is a super offensive stereotype. The Asian caregiver who refers to Bill Bixby's character as Mr. Eddie's father. And so yeah, likely, if that yeah. character was put into the Brady Bunch, then it would be Mr. You're doing the voice. Now you're doing the voice. Now you're. I'm just, you got to be able to imagine. This is what's, this is why children's <laughs> imaginations get trampled down because the children start to do offensive accents
1: and everybody's like, don't do that. Well, I had a bit I wanted to do about, you know, how if sometimes if you call customer service and you get someone clearly in India with the name Kevin who you're mm-hmm. talking to on customer mm-hmm. service and again you know bless their hearts they're trying to earn a earn a rupee and I'm trying to get my thing fixed you know that doesn't often go well there is a language barrier and sometimes that those customer service situations don't go well but the bit would go would be me saying i don't feel comfortable reproducing this guy's broken english accent so i just won't and it's just like uh, hello i'm calling about my cell phone your internet coverage no, my cell phone. Your internet coverage? Uh, no, my. I'm calling about my cell phone. Your internet coverage? Uh, it's myself. And just like that's not. It's not funny anymore. That's the whole point. Is mm, it's not. Mm. The frustration is the breakdown in
0: communication. The thing is that people are used to their customer service people being in India, and India has a <laughs> lot of highly educated people that can't get better work than that.
1: I and appreciate so it's a very
0: that. high level of competence. And so when somebody's using an American customer service company, I think often it actually is someone named Kevin, but they'll do that accent. So you think that you're calling India so, to give a better impression.
1: Okay. okay. An American knucklehead affecting in an yeah, Indian Yeah, it's very accent. offensive. Okay. It's super <laughs> offensive. <laughs> but it makes us feel comfortable. Well, I'm really getting, I'm getting right to the source here. Now I'm so used to customer service offshored. Yeah, that's just a
0: stereotype. Any
1: guesses as to what I was doing in that scene?
0: I mean, you were luxuriating in the the (laughs) thought of the spice. You were letting it pervade your imagination. You were actually being very active and taking action. Was that was that it? That we're
1: not just gonna talk, we're gonna you're actually gonna get on the phone multiple times. Yeah. Well, it's this idea that and again, the pop culture improv note is you know, say yes, always go along. But Me suddenly being swayed to your very offensive, (laughs) hilariously offensive ask was not going to play. So I think the more constructive note is lose, but don't change who you are. Lose the volleyball match, Mm. but don't change the fact that you're a bunch of drunk young adults at the beach. You know, lose the we're getting Thai food and we need to get the to show them that we're in the club but don't change the fact that you're super uncomfortable about it. And sometimes people have a hard time. They'd be like, Oh yeah. Okay. That's I see what you're saying. I'll just pretend like I'm from Thailand and I'll just kind of, you know, put it in my voice and, uh, and (laughs) it'll be awesome. It's like, well, no, you, not only did you lose the discussion, you also aren't your person anymore. You know,
0: don't you love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Well, I'm going to pretend that my philosophy lesson, which uh, <laughs> shifted to be the thing that you brought up about the relationship between high forehead culture, we said, and or naked forehead culture. I like that a little better. Okay. The, the foreheads are, are are smooth, glistening smooth forehead culture, as opposed to popular culture. You want to feel like you have the exclusive, the inner circle. I mean, I have heard this about some Chinese restaurants or something that I have like, heard it too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Americans, they can't handle the spice. And so we'll just give them
1: the generic crap. And uh, from all know, ethnic restaurants. Yes.
0: I have heard that. Yes. And is there a way to beat the system that, so as a pop philosopher, as a pop, okay, here's the thing. So there's credentialing for philosophy. Okay. So that's what, in part, even if a very, very credentialed, academically respected person Addresses a public audience, you still might not think, oh, this is just pop philosophy. Sure. And more matters who you are than what you're doing. I might retract that on some (laughs) counterexamples. Because clearly, somebody who the first part of their career was maybe as an esoteric, maybe this is actually what happened to Jordan Peterson that he, you know, he was writing his peer reviewed papers and Mm -hmm. then suddenly he has an audience. And so he's going to play to that audience with his next book. And yeah, he probably was like, Am I Canadian healthcare? Oh, <laughs> I, it's me from Canada. I think I'm doing Minnesota. I don't think I'm doing a Canadian accent. I can't, but uh, yeah, he probably wasn't. They, he felt like the doctor wasn't given the really good stuff. In sure. Short, he had to, he had to put on, he had to put on a lab coat. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and pretend to be a doctor. Look, look, I have a PhD. Everybody should call me doctor. And then uh, maybe that would make the doctor give him the good drugs that that
1: only other doctors can handle. Well, I can definitely say that getting attention and getting publicity, even if it may even be more important than money at first, just how addicting it can be and how probably addicting in ways you may not even be aware of, you know, And, and I'm sure it happens all the time where there's, Someone gets attention for something, some you know, some celebrity or some, and it just goes to their head. The classic thing we see it all the time, and it happens with celebrities mm-hmm. more than not. And then you factor in that agents and managers, and so often uh, there's all these people around you who get a cut of your, you know, if you're a thing. Publishers want to sell more books. They and it's just you suddenly are surrounded by people who just want you to work more. You know, you've got Colonel Tom Parkers for for days pushing you to do more so they can do better. I'm surprised, we're continually surprised by it. I'm brought to mind of, instead of, yes,
0: you could see the people who have been raised to the elite positions as being spoiled in that way. That, oh, the person who is the academic, the person who is the cult leader, they've been spoiled by their associations. So, in fact, the in crowd is the people that eschew all that. Sure. That are, uh, you know, cult bands, cult I shouldn't oppose the cult bands to the cult leader that doesn't really make a lot of yeah, sense yeah, yeah. but you know what I mean the or the, the band the cult the less successful and say <laughs> yeah actually we're just trying to do something else we're not we're not with yeah. that mainstream maybe this points to in academic at least you have institutions that they get to say which is you know they actually sought after and rewarded sure And I was going to say that the ones who are rewarded, that this is tied in with the ones who are the most, you know, that's a meritocracy. At least it's trying to be a meritocracy. It's few and far between philosophers who then stumble on some other way to much greater riches than you would get through just like having an actually really good academic appointment that supports you to write whatever bullshit books you want that are not going to be popular enough to pay back their all the time you put into it, but yet you're getting rewarded well enough. Yeah. Whereas other arts, they don't have that centralization. It's purely market driven. That is the only way that you get rewarded, right? Because there's no, or is there, is the critical apparatus, is that the substitution? I mean, there's that in music. There's not that in improv. Is there really?
1: Not really anymore. And you could question that it, even the moments when it has surfaced, it's quickly been destroyed. The mm. idea of a prestige economy where the richest people are those of, of most prestige and that how you get and lose prestige are different necessarily than how you get or lose money or popularity with the general public. Decat myself, I apologize. So it does happen a little bit, probably not to the degree
0: that isn't the existence of second city and the groundlings and UCB that this is like, those are, you've made it. You've now, you're now peer approved.
1: It's like your paper has been approved by peers. Yes. But then, then again, it's also what's next. You know, you, you still got to hustle. You still got to do something. There's no tenure. Boy, I sure would love some tenure about now in my life. The idea of just like, Hey, but every small little liberal arts college in a, in a hat, and I'll pull one out, and I'll take a <laughs> tenured professor's position there. Oh, sounds great. Sounds great about now. So you want there to be jesters. Jesters?
0: Yes, you want there to be, you know, in every kingdom, have, you know, like a poet laureate, a comedian. Mm. La- who speaks truth to power. Laureate, yes. <laughs> who is just paid to uh, give it a nice, comfortable salary to uh, use your craft. For the I would be okay good. with
1: that. I would be okay with that. <laughs> Do I get to be one? I think that they should have... Do I get a parking space? In schools, they should have
0: improvisers, really in every school. I mean, they might, you might have to train with a gun as well, so that you're sort of there as double duty. As security? So you can stop the school shootings. But yeah, but mostly, you know, hopefully that wouldn't come up very often. And so mostly you'd just be there to provide an improvisatory presence to the students, to keep their minds from getting closed. I think we might be
1: starting a scene right now, Mark. If we are, do you want to try the lose-but-don't-change-who-you-are technique? Sure. I don't want additional guns in schools. I think the solution is probably just to keep guns away from schools. I mean, I don't think that's very realistic. Schools are
0: basically giant magnets. And all the guns in the neighborhood, get attracted to the schools. Come on. Really? Yeah. I mean, for one, there's peer pressure for the students. The students, the kid in the ex- with the next locker is going to have a switchblade is going to have uh, just a pistol. And so you're going to want
1: to have your AKG. And the solution is to have improvisers paid to walk around with guns. That, that's your solution.
0: Okay. First of all, everybody knows that improvisers are big losers. So if you pay improvisers to walk around with guns, that's going to associate big loser gun. And then suddenly the kids are going to be like, mm, actually,
1: I don't want to bring a gun to school. Mark, does this, does, this sound, does this sound reasonable to you? I think that... I mean, really?
0: Really? It could be reasonable if with, the, with budgeting. I mean, I guess they're budgeting problems.
1: I mean maybe when children see someone with a gun that person becomes cool simply because they have a gun. Mm. What if they're smoking? Even that's even more cool. That's even someone smoking with a gun is unapproachably cool to somebody in junior high or high school. Are air guitarists cool? Even cooler. Even you're with just air
0: guitar, I was trying to think of something you're, you're, balance you're digging this,
1: this hole deeper.
0: All right. So they have a, a gun in one hand, a cigarette, an air guitar in the other hand. However, that way, it seems like you need both hands for the. but you
1: got the gun strapped to your back. You don't have to carry I them. I think you're overthinking this. I think if kids see anybody with a gun smoking, doing anything else, you are already on such so far up the cool mountain, you could do something pretty uncool and it would become cool cool by association.
0: So this is then, instead of a way that would make guns less cool for kids, it would make improv more cool for kids? Isn't that kind of a win-win?
1: I need you to agree. I need you to agree that adding armed improvisers to the school is a bad idea.
0: I mean, fine. If We we don't have to add as many armed improvisers as I originally...
1: How about zero? How about zero aren't
0: proposed? It's just that are you going to positively ban armed improvisers from the school? I'm going to ban armed anybody from school. It's just that's going to make more armed improvisers show up. If you ban them, it's probably better. I mean, I understand there are budgetary problems and you might not want to encourage armed improvisers, but it's like a no-win situation. If you ban them, they're just going to show up more. They're going to you're going to tell them, "You armed improvisers, you
1: can't come in the schools." If we ban Armed grizzly bears. Will that mean more armed grizzly bears will show up in school? <laughs> I mean, that's
0: ridiculous. The grizzly bears don't have human psychology. Humans are the only ones who are bastard contrarians.
1: Okay. No more armed airline pilots are now barred from school. Will we suddenly see a huge uptick in armed airline pilots? I mean, It's possible. School? It just makes sense. It's unlikely, Mark. It's unlikely. It's, it's unlikely. I think, if we want to have improvisers in school, they should maybe be running the theater club. Doesn't that sound like a better use? Running the theater club? We're just in charge of the administering the theater. Oh, in, I mean,
0: how much is in charge? Like, do you get the power of over life and death? No, no, no. What person at school has that power? Isn't the imagination the most powerful thing? And so whoever has the power over the children's imaginations
1: really has the power over life choices mark i was thinking we could have a solution of maybe we only have one entrance an exit for the school so we can control who's coming in and out now the fire exits will certainly be available in emergency but uh we'll have one entryway and exit point point. and then, that way administrators can stand out front administrators can stand in the school and know exactly who's coming in and who's going out how about that solution? Does that does that sound a bit more reasonable? Yeah, but who controls their imaginations? They're adults, and they will control their imagination via willpower. Yeah, I don't buy that. Can you control your imagination? I'm not I, sure if you I, can. I, I, I take that question. I retract my question. You don't want to know what I'm imagining right now. I mean it's 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 got the spice in it. Oh, gross. Gross. Look, we all I get it. It's another few months before that next dune comes out. Can we just keep it an, Keep it in our pants till then. (laughs) All right. This school board meeting is now (laughs) at an end. Yeah. (laughs) You know, we had
0: something like this, a lesson like this before where you're trying to reverse course. It's hard for me to do it gradually. (laughs) Like either you just start doing it and then like, oh, okay. But here it seemed like, all right, fine. I'll get rid of that thing. But here's another bad idea. Yeah. Okay, but okay, but is that in the spirit of the
1: lesson you had in mind there? I think it definitely could be. And I think what the difficult part is, it's that your character is not, I want armed improvisers at school. Your character is, I think we could solve this gun situation creatively. Mm. Does that make sense? I'm obsessed with the arts. I mean, you know, so you have to almost have to kind of take a step back from your character and realize that like, it's not flow. Isn't just a server at a diner in Tucson, Arizona. She is sassy and she can get another job somewhere else, not work at a diner and still be sassy. There that's can, there right. can be, that's you, right. Grit. <laughs> there are grits to be kissed all throughout the city <laughs> and not just literal grits or metaphorical grits. But there are grits, there are so many different grits that can be kissed, Flo, and I think if we just take a step back and realize that there are... Just when I'm calling customer service, (laughs) and they
0: start saying, they don't even understand, they're talking a bunch of mumbo jumbo, and I tell them, kiss my grits, and they say, I do not get the reference. And I say, that's a very offensive accent you're doing. Stop it right there.
1: But that's their real, that's their real accent flow. That's really how they talk. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> Where do they get off of that? Scene, scene, i seen, <laughs> seen, seen. scene. All right. You're welcome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> People don't want to hear that voice for another. I guess we're getting toward the end of the episode here. So.
1: Uh, yes. Yes, we are.
0: I thought there might be something else to mine philosophically with this uh, idea of the popular, the gatekeepers versus the, uh, I think I just said both of the things, <laughs> the interaction between those two things I find interesting. In other words, what is popular and what has a gatekeeper? Yes. You know, the funniest thing is when something is both that like, oh, you don't really get Taylor Swift. Like you have to, you know, that there are yeah, self-appointed yeah, oh. gatekeepers to the most popular thing in the world because I what guess is there, there
1: to get, <laughs> I mean, I guess
0: there are, there are layers. <laughs> Hopefully it's something that has risen to that level of popularity. It's because there are multiple ways of appreciating because you couldn't get that many to people to appreciate, to agree on one yes. thing. And so I might appreciate young Sheldon. Mm-hmm. which I have actually seen all of that show.
1: <laughs> that's fine. For no certain judgment.
0: reasons. Whereas, you know, the plebs who would not appreciate Upright Citizens Brigade or whatever, probably are
1: getting young Sheldon on a different level. Well, and that's the whole other thing is that even the snottiest, I mean, I love dirty jokes. I love them all day, you know, and, and I can say I'm an elitist or a snob, but like, oh, fart jokes just daily, daily. You know, and like we do have sometimes, you know, there are quote unquote guilty pleasures, you know, where it's just like, oh, got a best thing about the dentist people magazine. I'll just I'll plow right through a people magazine as much as I make fun of it. You know, so I think there is something about popular culture that even if we don't necessarily consume it by the gallon or even if we look down our noses at it a little bit, it is the popular culture. It is what's going on. It is what 70 percent of people. The majority of people are, are taking part in and we would be remiss too elitist snobs to not realize that no, this is what's going on and it's not ignoble just because it's popular. Sure. I'm completely divorced from football, which is very popular
0: in my, the, mm-hmm. the, when is the, it's, oh, there's a Packers game. There's a college game going on in town here, whatever. And you can't even for, drive on the streets if there's a college game going <laughs> on in Madison here. And I don't dismiss it because I recognize. I feel better about that. There are football geeks. Yeah, there are actually. There is so much. I mean, that's actually what scares me about it's that I don't feel like I could enjoy it on the level that it deserves. <laughs> okay, <Run> by <laughs> right? that. you got to know the history of the game. You got to know all this stuff to really get it the way that I like to
1: get things. And all the cheers, especially for a college team, you got to know. All the cheers and all the fight songs and everything, yeah.
0: If you are not doing the cheers with them, I mean, they might just kiss your grits, the people around you in the stands. I mean, you're going to... And the kicky in the grits. I think that's the issue.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Your grits are not going to come out in good condition is really what it comes down to. I would agree. I would concur. As someone who went to a football powerhouse, I would concur. So anyway, I find that philosophy, the thought, of the intersection between those
0: two things interesting. But every time we start a scene, I feel like the allure (laughs) of the improv, it's what we create, maybe completely forget about incorporating any of the philosophy at all. So you're in the moment. I'm going to vote. I'm going to vote improv this
1: time. That's fine. I will take the victory because you're in the moment, Mark. You realize that what we create together, what we discovered together could be more interesting and more compelling than necessarily something we have from the outside. I think we'll leave that to the listeners to decide. <laughs> yes, we will.
0: We will. If you if you positively felt that this was a compelling experience, why don't you put a comment on the blog post or YouTube video or however
1: you were experiencing this, and feel free to write it in your own fun broken English accent.
0: Yeah. How much can we talk about doing that kind of thing without it actually being offensive? That is a, yes, yes, a good question. A line that I plan to continue to walk through the uh, <laughs> remainder of this podcast's life as short as that may be well i learned a lot from you mark well i learned a lot from you today bill and, and see Hope you enjoyed the show. Get more at philosophyimprov.com. If you want to support the show and not have to hear any more commercials and get our post game segments, you can see options to do that at philosophyimprov.com/support. Thanks. Bankrupts. Bankrupts. Bankrupts.
1: Bankrupts. 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 Waiting on a tax
0: return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands.